Welcome to the You Heard Right podcast from Fibro Animal Health, where we share ideas and insights that can help you get the most out of your dairy operation. Today, we continue our series on doing DCAD right. Welcome back to You Heard Right. Today, we will be discussing recommended mineral guidelines for formulating a fully acidogenic ration with high dietary calcium. This approach is used by many dairy industry professionals to mitigate hypocalcemia. With us today is Dr. Scott Bascom, Executive Technical Service Manager, Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Welcome, Dr. Bascom. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Dr. Ken Zanzaleri, Animate Product Director, is also back to lead today's discussion. Welcome back, Dr. Zanzaleri. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to hosting this segment with Dr. Bascom. So let's get right to it. Scott, give us a high-level overview of how and why formulation of the close-up diet can help mitigate hypocalcemia and prepare the cow for a successful lactation. Ken, how much time do you have? Entire PhD programs have sought to answer this question. But in a nutshell, we're aiming to feed an acidogenic diet to create compensated metabolic acidosis in a dairy cow because we know that this improves her calcium homeostasis. Explain that term compensated metabolic acidosis just a little bit further. Yeah, it kind of sounds scary, doesn't it? Compensated metabolic acidosis refers to the biological mechanisms the cow uses to maintain that blood pH at 7.38 to 7.40, the normal biological level. For our audience, let's just bring this back just a little bit. Why do we feed an acetogenic diet? Because it sounds a little complicated, but what are the benefits? Great question, Ken. So when we feed an acetogenic diet, some of the benefits include increased dietary calcium absorption, increased resorption of calcium from the bone, and also increased urinary calcium excretion. How do you formulate an acetogenic diet and what minerals are involved? So the concept of formulating an acidogenic diet is based on the strong ion difference theory. The primary minerals involved in the formulation of acidogenic diets for prepartum dairy cows are chloride, sulfur, potassium, and sodium. Explain how the use of the strong ion difference theory works to alter the acid-base balance of the cow. When you feed proportionally more chloride and sulfur, which are anions, compared to potassium and sodium, which are cations, the balance of these minerals shifts the acid basis status of the cow towards an acetogenic state. That's because chloride and sulfur are negatively charged minerals, and when you feed proportionally more negatively charged minerals than the positively charged minerals, you induce a state of metabolic acidosis in the cow. In diet formulation, we refer to this proportional relationship between negative and positively charged minerals as the DCAD value of the diet. DCAD stands for dietary cation anion difference. And Scott, can you please reiterate what your recommended range for DCAD formulation is? We recommend formulating the prepartum DCAD diet to be between negative 10 and negative 15 milliequivalents per 100 grams of dry matter. But in reality, we need to look at the cow's urine pH. The urine pH ultimately tells us if the cow is in this compensated metabolic acidosis. With regard to the minerals that influence the DCAD value of the diet, what are your recommendations for formulation? Great question. Going back to our cations and anions, we're looking at potassium, sodium, chloride, and sulfur. For potassium, we recommend restricting the amount of potassium 
Generally, we want to get as low as we can with potassium. However, we would recommend not going lower than 1% because in some cases, we may actually short the cow on our potassium requirement if we get below 1% of the diet dry matter is potassium. What are your recommendations for sodium? For sodium, we recommend formulating the diet to be between 0.1 and 0.2% of ration dry matter. Now let's discuss the anions. What are your recommendations for chloride and sulfur? For chloride, we're typically going to see that between 0.8 and 1% of diet dry matter. Slightly higher levels of chloride may be more acceptable, but chloride is tricky. Chloride is not palatable to the cows, and particularly when it's hot and humid. If we have too much chloride in the diet, we may reduce our dry matter intake. So what are your recommendations for sulfur? For sulfur, we recommend formulating the diet between 0.4 and 0.47% of diet dry matter. Similar to chloride, slightly higher levels can be acceptable. Our approach to formulating these acetogenic diets is to take advantage of what both sulfur and chloride do independently and collectively to place the cow in the proper state of compensated metabolic acidosis. Please explain that a little bit further. By utilizing both chloride and sulfur, we can effectively decrease both the pH of the blood and the pH of the urine to levels which appropriately and independently impact the various aspects of calcium homeostasis. And this was demonstrated by a study published in the Journal of Dairy Science, where the feeding of various chloride sources and amounts was more effective in decreasing blood pH than various sources and amounts of sulfur. But the sulfate sources were equally effective as chloride in decreasing urine pH. So what are the benefits of decreasing both blood and urine pH? When blood pH is decreased, the action of parathyroid hormone on target tissues is greater. When this occurs, the cow is better able to absorb calcium from the diet and resorb calcium from the bone. When the pH of urine is decreased, the kidney excretes more calcium. Both of these actions help to enhance calcium movement through the exchangeable calcium pool in a term that we describe as calcium flux. Scott, we've reviewed the recommendations for the four major minerals influencing the DCAD value of the prepartum diet, but let's hear from you the recommendations for the other three critical minerals involved in proper prepartum DCAD formulation. Yes, so we have recommendations for calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium because these minerals are also important to that transition cow. For calcium, our recommendation is to formulate a diet with a minimum of 1.5% of diet dry matter as calcium. To be more specific, we're targeting the amount of calcium that we deliver to the upper GI tract. And that minimum for a Holstein cow is 180 grams. So are there reasons for targeting 180 grams or more of calcium? Yeah, the dairy cow relies primarily upon dietary calcium absorption as her means of satisfying her calcium requirements. So to support this, we conducted two studies that demonstrated feeding 1.5% dietary calcium along with a fully acetogenic diet resulted in positive benefits to calcium metabolism and dry matter intake. In a University of Wisconsin study, we demonstrated that feeding a fully acetogenic high dietary calcium diet resulted in cows having a 35 and 60% significantly larger pool of readily available calcium compared to cows fed a fully acetogenic diet with either low or moderate levels of dietary calcium. And then in a University of Illinois study, we compared feeding a fully acetogenic high dietary calcium diet 
and that resulted in greater prepartum dry matter intake compared to cows fed an acetogenic low dietary calcium diet. This study also demonstrated that cows fed the fully acetogenic high dietary calcium diet excreted 25% more urinary calcium prepartum compared to the cows fed the fully acetogenic low dietary calcium diet. Moving on to our next mineral, what are your recommendations for phosphorus? Our recommendation for dietary phosphorus for a fully acetogenic high dietary calcium is to provide a minimum of 0.38% of dry matter as phosphorus. And like our calcium recommendation, we want to make sure that we have a minimum of 45 grams of phosphorus reaching the digestive tract of the cow. This may seem higher than needed, but 30 years of formulating fully acetogenic, high dietary calcium diets taught us that lower dietary concentrations of phosphorus may predispose the cow to low blood concentrations of phosphorus postpartum. And I'd like to add one more comment. The data that some people are presenting demonstrating the negative effects of higher dietary phosphorus intakes on measures of calcium metabolism can be misleading. In those studies, the prepartum cows were not fed acetogenic diets. They were fed non-acetogenic diets. We believe that the mineral metabolism of the cow fed an acetogenic diet is very different than that of cows fed non-acetogenic diets, and that the interpretation of that data should be done cautiously. Lastly, what are your recommendations for magnesium? Our recommendation for magnesium content of the diet is to be between 0.45 and 0.5% of dry matter as magnesium. Magnesium plays an important role in the formation of PTH receptors. A meta-analysis published in the Journal of Dairy Science in 2006 determined that the magnesium content of the diet had the largest effect on decreasing the incidence of milk fever. Another consideration to keep in mind when formulating diets for lactating or dry cow diets is the ratio of potassium to magnesium. Overfeeding of potassium or underfeeding of magnesium can result in a decreased blood concentration of magnesium. Scott, how do you keep all those mineral recommendations straight in your mind when you're formulating a diet? It's a lot to keep up with, but one really useful tool we have is a formulation card for our Animate program that certainly lists everything that we're targeting with the DCAD and the urine pH, but then has specific recommendations for the minerals we've talked about. I work with a lot of nutritionists supporting the field, and you might be surprised how many of them have that card taped inside of their laptop computer or inside of their pickup truck as a quick reference. Um, and I still use it too. Great tool. And now I understand why they tape it to the computer as well. So, Scott, thank you for sharing those thoughts today on the proper formulation of uh, negative DCAD diets. Thank you, Ken. This concludes today's You Heard Right podcast. For more details on a fully acetogenic negative DCAD diet and answers to other related questions, visit pahc.com slash animate. To catch future episodes, be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's discussion, please write a review and share the podcast with others. From all of us at You Heard Right, thank you for listening.